0: Hey everyone, this is Jeannie, I use she, her pronouns, and you're listening to Sex Talk Happy Hour, a podcast hosted by the New York City Alliance Against Sexual Assault. The internet. Some argue it's the best thing that ever happened to us, others argue it's the worst. Personally, I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, where else can I argue about deeply dividing issues with my uncle while also ordering my burrito from Chipotle, you know? One thing is for sure, the internet has changed the way we interact with one another, sometimes for better and sometimes for worse. There are some trends, though, and today's episode is about one of those trends, which is what it's like to be a woman-identified person on the internet. Today's guests are funny and incredible, and I'm really excited for you to hear from them about their personal experiences on the World Wide Web. So as you listen, definitely take care of yourselves as always, and we really, really hope you enjoy this month's episode.
1: My name is Sheena Nielsen. I go by she, her and I am an actress by trade.
2: I'm Karen Chi. I take she, her, hers and I am a comedy writer and performer living in Brooklyn.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Okay. So Karen, you said you freelance. Are there any publications our listeners might recognize where your work is published?
2: Yeah. I mostly write for the New Yorker and I contribute sort of to anywhere that'll take my style of writing, which has included like the New York Times and the Washington Post and McSweeney's Reductress.
0: Oh, I love all of those publications. I was actually reading a Reductress article this morning. Okay, so generally speaking, how much time do you spend on the internet and on which platforms?
1: I'm kind of a little bit of an oddball. I do have social media ish and so much as I have created accounts the only one that I spend sort of any time on is Instagram I do have a Facebook account and a Twitter account I guess somewhere in the ether and LinkedIn shout out LinkedIn oh. uh,
2: I'm on the internet a lot so I mostly use Twitter I don't use Facebook almost at all anymore and I have an Instagram that I scroll through, but mostly I use it to look at, like... I follow a lot of travel accounts and accounts that feature cabins. So I look at cabins and I look at baking videos. I don't really interact with people very much on it.
0: Gotcha. Thanks. So what do you use social media platforms for primarily?
2: Yeah, I first got a Twitter, I think a few years ago, to practice joke writing. And so I I made it because I wanted to get better at writing hard jokes that were shorter. I'm very verbose I like ramble a lot as you will probably be able to tell from this interview and Twitter which back then I think was 130 characters 140 yeah I was like great I have to get something funny out in this amount, so I tweet a joke a day for years and then eventually I got more comfortable with it and now I tweet like I don't know too many jokes every day a lot of them are fine and then I also use it to read the news and figure out what's happening and sort of it's, it's, Twitter's actually really nice because I think right now, everyone is very politically polarized, if that makes sense, and there are issues that make me very upset and enraged, and it's really nice to log on and feel not alone in those issues and those perspectives, being like, oh yeah, a lot of people agree with me, and there are a lot of people on my side, and that's always very heartening.
1: It's such a good question, and I really thought about it last night. I use it for two main reasons, I think. One is the normal one, which is just sort of keeping tabs on your friends, whether they be in town friends or out of town friends and just kind of understanding what their life is like sort of on a day to day basis. I love that part of it. But the other side of it is actually to keep in touch with like peripheral people or people that I've met in my business so that I can have a link to them without being obtrusive into their life and vice versa so that I have this like thread to them, but I don't have to be weird or they don't have to be weird and ask for my phone number. They can just contact me in a very like safe environment.
0: Uh, Okay. So it doesn't sound like you use it for branding purposes.
1: Oh no, I am terrible with that. That, that's a great way to use it. And that's, I'm sure what it was really supposed to be for, but I, yeah, you would think that I was like some sort of like, out-of-work Broncos, like promoter. You know, I don't know. (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So Sheena, I reached out to you
0: specifically because you had a mini series on YouTube before Instagram was the social media of choice. So I was wondering if you could share what that show was, what you did, and sort of just generally what you were doing on that show.
1: Sure. The show was called The Sports Report Girl, and it was actually written by uh, another gentleman, John Allegretti. And he hired me to be the face of his show. So he really wanted to do a sports show, but he understood from a male perspective that for the most part, men are watching this type of content and that most men are not going to sit and watch another man talk about this stuff, even though they do on, it's a very weird line and it changes for internet than it does on television. So like on television, by and large, this is all stereotypical, but for the most part, men are the ones that are speaking on sports. But interestingly on the internet, most men are not gonna watch another man go on and on and on about sports. They want some quote unquote cute girl or busty woman or whatever it may be to present the sports because that's how they're going to basically hook them in the first place. Gotcha. So what
0: types of responses have both of you gotten from having an online presence? Has it been positive, negative, neutral, all of the above?
2: I guess in general, it's pretty neutral and then leaning positive, I guess. Or people will sometimes riff on jokes back at me or just be like, haha, this is funny. Or you know, I don't know, like if I post a link to something, it seems like they click the link to go there, which is very kind of them. And then sometimes I'll get kind of creepy or just annoying comments from dudes. And you can always tell it's a dude because they have a weird, they're either in their uh, like Twitter avatar, or it's just like a weird thing of a truck or like a, like a a house you know what i mean it's just something where i'm like yeah you're a guy i get it
1: (laughs) masculine as hell (laughs) there's definitely not anything neutral generally people don't from my experience don't say things neutrally they either say things in a very positive way in a very negative way and this was my first experience really with like being in the public eye in so much as like being reachable by people in a more direct manner so on youtube my channel John's channel was open for commentary and I actually didn't pay attention to any of that stuff like I just did my job did the show and left like I for a while never even really under really realized that that was actually happening and then at some stage I wanted to send one of my clips or one of my videos to another professional contact and I realized that there were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments on various different videos. And for the most part, they were really, really negative, actually.
0: Both of you mentioned the negative comments. So I want to hone in on that a little bit. What are the kinds of negative comments that you get? You don't have to get into specifics, but just sort of generally speaking.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so much name calling. And because it's a visual format, you know, people will attack you mainly based on your looks and what they perceive to be your flaws or because I was talking about sports, this is a very heated topic when it comes to, um, there's always two sides, right? There's two sporting teams that are going head to head. So I'm always going to be pissing somebody off on one side or another. And then those people would attack me and attack my intelligence because I've said something that they don't agree with. So it's everything from your intelligence to your looks, which is the main thing. And then it's just anything they can think of to degrade you. On any level, I mean, they there is no below the belt because they're invisible. No, that's a great
2: question. There are multiple sort of strains of messages. I would say, I guess, the one that is the worst, I think, is when people are kind of overtly sexual or being or doing, saying some weird euphemism for sex. And this happened recently, and I remember showing it to my friend, being like, "Hey, is this a weird thing?" And he was like, "Yeah, no, that's weird." And I was like, "Great." And then I blocked that person. And then there are two other kinds that seem pretty prominent. One is that I I really enjoy calling out men and especially white men and white women online for just being nuts because they are. And um, I think when I do that, it's oftentimes a white man who will be like offended in some way, there was one where I was just like, dude, this is wholly unnecessary, which is that I posted a list of my upcoming shows in Brooklyn and I mentioned like, hey, if you're a person of color who wants to come see a show and money is tight, like, let me know, I'll get you a free ticket. And some white guy responded and he, from his picture, clearly looked like an old white man in his 60s or something. And he responded being like, okay, so I guess white men have to pay for tickets. And I was just like, yeah, dude, pay for a ticket. (laughs) That's literally what I said. What are you clarifying? (laughs) it's really weird and then there's another one this actually just happened this morning and i was talking to two of my friends about it which is that i posted a tweet what was it 20 minutes ago about how i'm a i'm physically very weak as a person the only exercise i do is walk long amounts every day and i so i sprayed my wrist a couple of years ago by writing thank you cards too quickly um and i think it's one of just the dumbest things that could happen to a human being and i think it's very funny that it happened to me because wow am i stupid and so i tweeted that and then someone just retweeted saying like wow this is a humble brag and i was like what how is this a-? so then i texted in a panic to my friends my friends were like no this man is very dumb
0: now karen before we started recording we were definitely talking about asian twitter and i would love to just hear any thoughts you have about that in general
2: oh i truly am so honored to be considered a part of asian twitter yeah i mean I think Asian Twitter's very fun because everyone sort of just gets it, you know what I mean? And so when people post a joke about a microaggression, no one's like being performatively upset or whatever. They're just like, yeah, this sucks. And it's very fun to sort of rally around people that everyone admires, I think I remember there's a really funny stand-up comic named Joel Kim Booster, who posted a video of Ronnie Chang uh, responding to the stereotype about, I think he had posted it specifically in response to the Louis C.K. bit about like Asian men having small dicks or something. I don't know, Louis was doing something very off the rails, as he is wont to do. Um, but Joel then posted this video of Ronnie, and I remember Asian Twitter just being like, YES! And like sharing it and retweeting it. and. It was it was so exhilarating to see. And it was a very, very funny joke that Ronnie had. And seeing something like that just praised and, like, beloved online is exciting.
0: So for those times where you do kind of get trolls or threatening messages, how do you handle it? Do you respond? What's your protocol with that? I mean, did you respond to these?
2: I normally don't respond. But the nice thing, I think, is that because I publish things on other platforms, if that makes sense, so when I write articles, which feels like the bulk of my work, it is through a magazine or a website. So I think the trolls go to those magazines and websites and not directly to me. And yeah, mainly I guess I just don't read the comment section because it's usually people who don't understand that the article is satire or they're just being mean. I don't really know, but the idea of someone having enough time to read completely an article they don't like and then comment on it, I'm just sort of like, okay, live
1: your life the way you want to. No, because the the site... Was like, I was hired to do a job, so the site was really not for me to touch. I did reach out to John and I said, Yo, I am working in this field in many, many different ways. And when you are a Googleable person, all of this stuff is gonna come up. So for me, this was like, I don't necessarily care that. It's not that I didn't care about what people were saying because of course you, you do to some degree, even though, you know, you're not supposed to, it was more about having other professional people look me up and then seeing all these comments, even though for sure they would be able to separate and understand like that these are trolls. It has nothing to do with you, but it just doesn't leave a good trail. And I didn't want that stuff to be out into the world. So John was kind enough to, to mute all of the comments. And when you do that, they all disappear. So from my understanding I don't know I haven't gone back. I've done tons of those videos So i'm not sure if he did them every single one or just on his channel or what happened, but So that's how I dealt with it. I didn't I you know, there is no responding to that because somebody's coming from such a base level of like ignorance and it's not really it's not it's not coming from anything real to respond to. You're just adding more fuel to the fire and like engaging with this person, which I'm just like not willing to do.
0: No, you said something really interesting I want to circle back to, which is that we want for our entertainers to have a public persona. We want them to feel accessible and know that we're all carrying the same kind of grocery bag or whatever, and this often requires them to have a social media that's open for comments and oftentimes negativity too. But we also want to put pressure on public people to not care. We always say things like take the control away from the trolls or don't let them get to you. And even though what these people are saying can be very hurtful. So I'm just wondering if you have any further thoughts on that.
1: I think it would be a lie for people to say that they're not affected by it at all. You would have to be a very, very particular person to not be affected by someone calling you a name. I mean, that goes all the way back down to when you were like a little kid, like nobody wants to be called a name or, or pointed out or bullied, or it doesn't matter how old you are. Like it's, you want to be, you know, liked as much as possible and you want to be seen for who you are and be okay to do the things that you're doing in your life within reason and all of that. I think that people have the perception that, you know, what you see is what Reality is right, it's hard to separate what you see and then say that's not really the truth of it. And what I mean by that is that when you see somebody like Robin Williams, for example, and you go, Gosh, he's such a funny guy, he's always on, he's always bright, he's always ready to go, he's always got a laugh for people and a hug, he's just great, he's always happy, he's always there. And then we learn something different about them. Well, that's just like a huge example of like things that happen on a daily basis to everybody. So when people say these things to this anonymous celebrity, that's like an oxymoron, but when they say this to somebody that they don't know, and they think that it just hits and bounces off, or they're going to laugh it off, or it's not going to sink into them or whatever, that's just not the truth. And then for people to say like, oh, just laugh it off or let it go, or don't worry about those people, or, you know, they're nothing, it doesn't, it's it's hard like my my choice is to to not respond but it's a really difficult hard line to walk because on the one hand you don't want to feed the fire and you don't want to lean into that and you don't want to engage this person because high likelihood is that's the reason why they said it in the first place was so that you would engage with them they try to say something controversial in order to rope you into having a conversation with them. So on the one hand, you want to ignore it. On the other hand, you also have to realize that your whole base of followers and all the people watching and all the youth and all the people that you want to try to quote-unquote set an example for are seeing you ignore this bully and try to act like it's not happening. And then you feel like this responsibility of like, oh no, I should say something here. I should point this person out or I should try to make an example of them or... And not even in a negative way. You want to say to them like, "Hey, that's not cool," or it's just, not, but it's just not going to work that way for the most part. They're not going to go, "You know what? You're right." After school special, like I won't say that anymore. Like that person's already beyond <laughs> that conversation. That's that's not you know. So it's it's a I don't know what the answer is to. That. I've seen some people really gracefully work through some of these things publicly and it's it's great to see, but it's not an easy task and I don't know what the answer is.
0: Yeah, I think this is a really hard balance to strike as a public facing figure because we always forget that this content is very curated and meant to hide insecurities and flaws.
1: And it's not, again, this it's not even about being a public figure. This is literally anywhere from the minute you get an Instagram as a teenager, hopefully at the earliest to, and, and anybody, it could be, it could be, you know, a stay at home parent. It could be somebody in the corporate world. Like they're all curating their pages, all of them. So when people look at like super mom, who's like, got it all and did it all and did the laundry and did, I mean, cool. That laundry could have been done four months ago and she cooked dinner two months ago. Like All of that stuff, for the most part, is curated, whether you're public or you're private, you know? So all this
0: being said, I I have to ask, do you have a message for our listeners out there? I mean, all of us interact with public content in one form or another. Hint, if you're listening to this podcast, you're engaging right now. But I suppose I'm wondering if you have a message for folks that might be prone to trolling or leaving quote-unquote joke comments.
2: I mean, I would just tell them there are so many fun things they could do in this world like flying kites, whittling, learning to canoe, going outside, just so many endless options that are way more fun than reading something you hate and then talking about why you hate it to the void, you know? Uh, So I don't know. It's a beautiful world. Lots of cool things. Lots of hobbies
0: to pick up. (laughs) Okay. I love that. Absolutely. What about just for consumers of public content?
1: I definitely don't think I have a unique perspective on this. I think I thought about what I would say to people and I think it's kind of on the heels of what we just said, which is like realize and remember that what you're seeing online for the most part is a reality show, meaning it has nothing to do with reality. It's all curated. It's all made up. It's all there specifically to show you the image that they want you to see But for the most part, that's not at all true. And we know that just by looking at our own lives, like look at your friend, right? You look at her last five posts and then you understand what her life is really like right now. And for the most part, those do not jive. So that's just like a little microcosm of like what's going on on a huge level. So it's like try not to get sucked into feeling bad about your life and where you are in your journey and why you don't look like that and don't have those clothes and all of those things. Because just beyond the lens is like what's actually happening, which is those photos are completely, for the most part, fixed. The clothes are totally false and they've used all kinds of apps to fix what they look like and the coloring and the lighting and just all of it. So you almost have to look at it like a tiny, tiny TV show and realize that it's not real. It's all just it's all just a facade. It's all just a photograph or a painting. We don't go to a museum and go like, wow, I'm so jealous of the woman living in that house. It's like, this is a painting. Somebody made that. It's not real. And it's the same thing with photographs. You know, that 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 saying, that's an old saying, but I always think about it. My friends and I say it to each other a lot, which is like compare and despair. To me, social media is... I mean, that's the motto of all of it, because that's all we're doing. What's What else is it for? You know what I mean? So I don't know. But to say that, and then, then to end on this, I don't think it's all negative either. There are some really great positive things that happen on, on social media as well, and, and they can be used for really good things, but... If you're feeling that you get more negative energy from it than positive, then then step away from it. You're not missing anything.
0: Well, thank you both so much for being on our show today. I really have loved everything that both of you have had to say. Um, Is there anything that you want to plug or where can folks follow you on social media?
1: I have an Instagram and this is the platform that I like the best because I like photos. So my Instagram handle is SheDevil, but it's spelled S-H-I-Devil, D-E-V-I-L. Um, and then I have a Twitter account, which is she devil, but it's S-H-I underscore D-E-V-I-L. And then I do have uh, a fan page on Facebook if you would like to see me there.
2: Sure, yeah. I am on Twitter. It's Karen she with an extra E at the end. Uh, same handle for Instagram. And yeah, I usually link to all my posts and stuff or articles and things on those sites, so. That works great
0: thank you so much karen and sheena i'm so glad to have been able to chat with both of you and i loved everything you had to say listeners we will definitely be including their social media handles in our episode description so go make sure that you check out their content and give them a follow as always thank you to the alliance staff for supporting this project we're pretty proud that an agency like ours was able to start a podcast Thank you to Nikki Cruz, our social media genius, and to Alex Zaitz-Moskin, our Director of Development and Communications, for all of your support around the podcast. And of course, thank you for listening. We're so grateful for your listenership, and we hope you are enjoying the conversations that we're having. If you feel so inclined, it would be so amazing if you encouraged your friends to take a listen too. Word of mouth is the best way to get people to tune in and we're so appreciative of those of you who have already started spreading the word. If you prefer to use social media to spread the word, please make sure that you do use our hashtag, hashtag sextalkhappyhour, so that we can see how many of you are listening and sharing. You can also tweet at us at NYCASA or message us at Instagram at NYC Alliance. And again, make sure you use that hashtag, hashtag sextalk happy hour all one word thanks so much for listening today we'll see you next time and remember to pick up that extra whittling hobby ciao